Got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to ZorkCast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of ZorkCast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, and welcome back to ZorkCast. This is Michael, and we have a guest today on the show. The guest is Catherine, a.k.a. Coach Kitty on TravelZork. Catherine and I are going to be talking a little bit about, just conversationally, about Spirit Airlines and Southwest Airlines, and specifically choosing to fly one or the other to Las Vegas, which is something that's come up quite often in conversations with friends or, you know, just regular conversations about how do I get to Vegas? So, hello, Catherine. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Michael. You're doing well? Great, great. Well, thank you for coming on ZorkCast today. I know we were chatting a little bit about your recent decision to fly Spirit to Las Vegas, which always gets a lot of reactions from everybody. So maybe just give us a little background of what you were thinking when you decided to take the plunge and fly. Are you a Spirit virgin or have you flown on them before? I have flown Spirit very recently, like last month, for the first time in like 10 years. So I already knew that flying Spirit was going to be a little bit complicated and somewhat uncomfortable. But if I can find a fare that is half price of what another discount fare would be, I'm willing to go through the discomfort. Now, you're flying, the flights you've taken on Spirit are from Philadelphia, correct? Yes. Spirit also flies from Atlantic City, which is actually closer to where I live, but they do not fly direct from Atlantic City. And because of that, the fares are not low. Even if you were willing to connect, the fares are usually higher than they would be if you flew direct from Philadelphia. And that's another good point about Spirit. They have some pretty decent schedule from Philadelphia, and they're on nonstops. So if you have to, you know, if you're just trying to get to Las Vegas and it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, best to just get it out of the way in one flight. No, no, I I totally agree with that. You know what I was thinking about historically, because I'm such a geek sometimes. Remember when Spirit was was flying from uh, Atlantic City or ACY to Las Vegas? They had some crazy promotional fares, I think, on that nonstop flight. I think they were like $99 back. I mean, it's this is totally off the top of my memory, memory in a couple of years ago. But they had some great deals from Atlantic City, I think, when they had started that service. But now that they're flying from Philadelphia, it's obviously a much more competitive marketplace that they're sort of fighting with. But I sort of seem to remember there were some good deals out of ACY. Myself, personally... I've flown Spirit numerous times. Many people do not believe this, but it is truth. And I have done those flights when they fly uh, between Boston 
and Atlantic City nonstop, which is about a 45-minute flight. I sort of equate it as the same kind of flight as between London Heathrow and Amsterdam, and it's a super short flight, but it's super convenient, and obviously flying between Boston and Atlantic City Airport, if you were going to Atlantic City, is fabulous because Atlantic City is 15 minutes from Atlantic City Airport, and driving from Boston to Atlantic City can range from six, five, six, seven hours hours to 22 hours. So that was that's my little spirit story. But I always actually I always thought they worked really well on that short flight. So what's your overall impression about spirit? Well, let me tell you about my, the best deal, best flight I like deal that I ever got, which was actually on spirit from Atlantic City to Las Vegas when they just opened that route up. That route was the direct nonstop Atlantic City to Vegas was only available for like a year or it might not even have been a year. I flew round trip with my mother uh, nonstop from ACY to Las Vegas for $138 total for the two of us. Wow. That was incredible. Oh, and that's when you and that's when they had free carry-on bags because back then you could bring carry-on bags that you could put into the overhead for free on Spirit whereas now I think they have a charge for that. You're right because I would have remembered, you know, putting all of my belongings into an 18 by 14 by 8. <laughs> but you are doing it this item. time. You are doing it. You are taking Spirit to Las Vegas for Zorkfest, I think, and you are actually not bringing a true carry-on bag. You're just bringing the personal item that fits underneath your seat, and you're not purchasing any seats in advance. So you are doing it like you are totally like taking advantage of the spirit deal. I am. And all in the it's round trip for $127. Wow. Nonstop? Nonstop. What I think are relatively convenient flights. My flight back is overnight. It's like 11 o'clock in the evening and it arrives at seven. But at least Seven o'clock is easy to use public transportation or to get someone to pick you up during business hours. It's the some of the Southwest flights get in like one in the morning, which is just the total pain. I mean, you can't have anybody coming out to get you in one in the morning and public transportation doesn't run from midnight until 5 a.m. in Philadelphia. So that works for me. And I figure if I'm going to get a middle seat and be miserable, maybe I'll be so tired because I'm coming back from Las Vegas that I'll sleep or just be groggy the whole time and then I'll land. So Wow. You, so you are And they won't bug brave. you about with drink service. Well, you are extremely brave to be doing a spirit red eye. That definitely is bravery, at least airline bravery. I mean, it's sort of funny. And then we'll get, we'll get more onto like the differences between spirit and Southwest, which is our real point today. But one of the things about, you know, I used to like spirit used to, when I was in New Hampshire, Southwest had a great flight that was like at four, four thirty in the afternoon and got into, uh, Manchester airport MHT at close to midnight. And I thought that was fabulous because you had, you know, almost a full day in Las Vegas. And I actually thought it was better than taking the red eye, but I've had that conversation with a lot of people. Some people don't like the arriving really late at night because of transportation issues. Other people don't mind 
mind red eyes that much. I don't really love red eyes unless I'm in a lie flat seat. So it's, I mean, I guess it's, it's sort of interesting hearing the perspective from different people, but let's get back to this whole Southwest verse spirit thing. So what would you say if you were going to talk to someone who never flew on spirit before, but is sort of familiar with Southwest, or maybe they're not that familiar with Southwest. What are your biggest differences between the Southwest experience and the spirit experience? Well, I guess the biggest difference, there's a small difference in comfort, but there's a big difference in flexibility because you can cancel Southwest flights and get credited back what you paid for it in either points or cash. And you cannot do that on Spirit. So Spirit may have really great deals, but you have to lock in. And, you know, there's no flexibility. Like, you cannot reschedule. You would just lose your fare if you decide to cancel. And that is a problem, you know, especially since when you – Spirit is broken down into every single thing that you have to pay for bags. You have to pay for anything you get on the plane. You know, even they don't even provide water, you you know, any soft drinks, any drinks. And you have to pay for your individual seat. So you have to you actually have to pay for your boarding pass unless you're willing to print it out at home or have it printed out. So if Spirit has a like their standard pitch of their seat is 28 inches and Southwest is 31 inches. So if you care about legroom, it's definitely going to be tighter on a Spirit flight. Yeah, that's an if obscene need bag- amount of legroom. That's it's just it's obscene with regard to the legroom. The only thing I wanted to interject is the spirit policy with regard to cancellation and non-refundable is very similar to non-refundable fares and especially like super duper economy basic fares on airlines like Delta and United. It just happens to be that Southwest has this super duper generous policy, which I think is important to point out. So Spirited is actually not that much different with regard to non-refundability as the other airlines. Agree. Agree. And I, I don't think I would be able to fly Spirit unless I also was flying Southwest and could cancel. Because, I mean, yes, here and there, I might just see a Spirit flight for a a fare that I could not find on Southwest or that was really high and I would just, you know, go for it. But as a whole, I can't book things ahead of time by six months and know that I can go unless, you know, the fare is $127. I mean, it's so low and it's so probable that I'm going to fly on those dates that I can chance losing the $127. But with Southwest as a backup, it works really good because Spirit can be expensive if you need to pick a seat, if you need to fly with bags. So if I find a Southwest, I have flown on Southwest recently for the equivalent in points of like $139 round trip from Philadelphia 
Pegasus, which is really, really good. I mean, that's like, you know, $15 more than Flying Spirit, but it's actually a much better fare because you bags fly for free. You don't have to worry about, you know, you don't have to worry about paying for bags or what you pack. And even though the Southwest boarding pass where you you know, where you go in groups and unless you, if you don't pay for an early boarding, you have to check in for your flight at the exact second of 24 hours before the flight to get a decent boarding. So even though you cannot choose your seat on Southwest, if you can sit and check in 20 at the exact second of 24 hours before your flight, you can usually get a high B boarding pass. No, no, no. I understand. That, I get, I get what you're saying with, with all of that. And those are yeah. definitely great points. I think the the most important point that you made, which I really want to make sure people understand is that you are actually using your bookings on Southwest as a placeholder so you're basically booking flights on speculation when a decent fare comes up on Southwest, knowing that if you need to cancel that trip in this instance to Las Vegas, no harm, no foul, you can cancel it. It will not give you your money back on your credit card, but you will get a credit at 100% for you know the Southwest fare. And what this is very similar to, and I'd like to make this parallel, it's similar to what we do sometimes with hotel rooms in Vegas. Like sometimes you'll book a room offer that's not the best marketing offer where the room is like $39 a night or $49 a night. And you know you have until 72 hours before your trip to cancel or change it. So that'll be your placeholder. And then you'll keep looking looking and looking, and then boom, two weeks before, all of a sudden, comp rooms show up at Bally's or something. So you cancel that, and now you grab the comp rooms because they've released the inventory. But I love that concept of you using Southwest basically as a placeholder. I think that's a good way to describe it, right? That's a great way to describe it. I didn't think of that, but that is exactly what I did because I had booked my flight, and it wasn't as low as I wanted it. But I thought, you know, if I I need to get a flight to Las Vegas for Zorkfest at a certain time period, I have some flexibility. So I booked it and it was decent and I wouldn't have been upset if I couldn't find a better rate. But when there was a spirit sale and the rate was half and the only difference that I had to make was to pack a personal item. So like travel with less stuff. That was worth, uh, you know, the savings of $130. No, no, no. Absolutely. Well, we're almost out of time, but I want to run through a couple of things. And I think we're going to do another episode soon about this because it's it's very interesting looking at the comparisons. Uh, looking at Southwest, which is a totally different model in the way it operates, and Spirit, which is sort of similar to the regular U.S. legacy carriers, but also a little bit more different and more similar to the European model of like airlines like Ryanair. But, you know, your big differences here, you know, on Southwest, you don't get a seat assignment 
ever. You basically get a boarding group and then you choose your seat. If you get an early boarding group, you can get on sooner, which means you can grab a better seat. Or if you're two people together, you can grab seats together. Spirit, you can pay for seat assignments in advance, all different varying prices, including a pseudo first class product called Big Front Seat, which isn't first class. It's just a much larger seat, which is relatively comfortable, but you're paying for this. Southwest, you get bags for free. I believe it's three bags, right? Or is it two? It's two checked and a carry-on. Okay. Yeah, so so you it, get- it works out to be three. So you get two check bags on Southwest. On Spirit, you must pay for everything. If you cannot fit your carry-on bag underneath your seat, which means it's a super tiny carry-on bag, you must pay to bring on a large carry-on bag like a roller bag. I think the price, what is it on Spirit now, $35 in advance for a carry-on bag? Something like that. And the carry-on is not that much bigger than the personal item. We're only talking like, you know, say four inches bigger at, in every dimension. Right. So it's not that big. Yeah. No, I think, but I don't think they're that strict about it, to tell you honestly, as long as you pay for it. I mean, they do have, and I have pictures of this, Spirit has some crazy signs at the airport. Like if you don't pay for your carry-on bag in advance, it's like 100 or $150 at the gate, something. I have no idea if they ever really enforce that, but they do have like a, a super scary sign signs. And that's a that's a funny low-cost carrier kind of thing. And that's something – it's one of the things that airlines like Ryanair do all the time, like severe penalties for not following the rules. And that's the thing with an airline like Spirit. You must follow the rules. If you do not follow the rules, you will pay extra. Like you were talking about the boarding – if you don't bring your boarding pass, you're going to have to pay some decent coin for a boarding pass at the airport. So you need to be aware of the rules and it is buyer beware. But all of this is super – I mean, there are a couple other topics I wanted to get into, like, you know, what happens operationally when there are problems with the flight. And I think we'll deal with that next time, maybe a little bit about the loyalty program. But is there anything you want to close with, with regard to this comparison of Spirit and Southwest, just with regard to this Las Vegas trip that you have upcoming in May? No, not really. I think what you said about using Southwest as a placeholder is what I did and what I'm going to continue to do with both Southwest and Spirit. You know, at the Spirit price was low enough that I don't think that Southwest is going to match it. So I'm pretty confident of just, I got the best deal and the most convenient flight. Yeah. And that's awesome. And that's what it's all about. And it's tricky, but these comparisons are are sort of fun. Well, at least they're fun to me. And I think they're fun to you. But it's interesting stuff to look at. Now, you can find... Catherine's articles on Travelzork. I will put a link in the show notes. She loves to talk about video poker. Some might say she's slightly obsessed with the game. Is that true? I think it is. <laughs> but she loves travel deals. Is that an enthusiastic little? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a sarcastic little. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and she also loves Coach Kitty. Or Hello Kitty. I'm sorry. You're Coach Kitty. You see, my mind's yeah. going crazy today. So, but anyway, I love Catherine's articles are some of my favorite content on Travel Zork. And she's got great experience in the gaming and budget travel world. And I really think everyone should, you know, give a little look over to some of her articles because there's a lot of really, really good stuff to find out. Catherine, thank you again for doing this impromptu show with me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Okay, great. Well, until next time. 
You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.